voice i don't know if i want to be like what's up son what's up son or if i want to be like yeah or if i just want to be like you know regular all me but i am jay waves and i am here with my boy eric stoyer am i saying that correctly you did say it correctly congratulations you're the rare person that says it correctly you know why i, I said it is because i checked you out i listened uh i listened specifically part of the reason why i listened to uh one of your uh current podcasts was to <laughs> hear you introduce yourself so i knew i knew what it was man how you doing i'm doing pretty good man how are you and it's uh as far as which voice you should use i think this uh this is a good j waves vibe right here i'm, I'm digging it cool cool i'll pr- try not to uh, add any unnecessary uh inflections today i'm in chapel hill in north carolina where are you i live in uh, northern california it's called walnut creek it is the suburbs it is outside of oakland i lived in san francisco for many years until uh, very recently we moved out here to the to the east bay how do you how would you describe uh us meeting now we've never actually met in real life that's correct we've never actually met in person no we we have not we have not many many years of uh of internet uh communication but no not in person yeah so we've probably known each other since like 0809 that's um, right but in your words how would you say that we met well uh i would say that we met through uh, a fellow who was at the time more better known as subtitle who was uh, who's also known as giovanni marx he's he's someone that i've, I've known for quite a while i went to um I went to college in Santa Barbara and did college radio there for a long time. And he would uh, he would come up and be and be a part of that because he grew up in uh, in Oxnard. How long have you two known each other? Let's see. I mean, I would have I would have met him, you know, more like ninety eight, ninety nine. Oh shit! Somewhere it's like there. that. Yeah, he was. I think he was still in high school, and I was in college. And he would call up the radio oh, station, shit. and uh, you know, he had his uh, he had his style pretty dialed in even back then. I mean, uh, for for folks that don't know, he's a he's a rapper and a musician and an artist. He's very much someone who's inspired me in a lot of ways over the years because he's really just a, a creative person who also brings people together. So Dude, to bring it real. back to that, yeah, it's like you and I met through him because he was he was linking up with people that he uh, knew and liked and just wanted to bring into a to a to a circuit. So his uh, that circuit that you speak of was uh, for, called Briefcase Rockers, and it was kind of like a record label. You know, Gino is a man of many, many. Uh, th- he's kind of like Voltron, but he's all the parts. You know what I mean? <laughs> and um, you know, he was forming his own sort of super. Basically, you know, Gino loves comic books, so to him, I think Briefcase Rockers was like we were like the X Men. You know what I mean? He was he was handpicking like a team. And I, I really think that, you know, even though Briefcase Rockers was essentially a record label, I feel like Gino's approach to it was was much more like, like I said, like the superhero team, you know, and he was picking different people for different reasons, not just because he was like, oh, their music is dope, but he was like, yo, we need this guy and we need this guy and we need this girl and we need, you know what I mean? Like it was, it was yes. like that. Definitely and, agree. Um, you know, we were part of that that crew. This is kind of like Still, what I would call uh, the MySpace years. Uh, anybody who listens to me knows those are like my favorite uh, favorite times in the world, and uh, I feel like that was like a really creative time uh, for me, and I feel like probably for you as well. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so funny to hear someone say that the MySpace years were like a you know a hot era for them because my first reaction is like, oh really? And then I'm like, you know what? It was so much better <laughs> than than what became like the Facebook and Twitter years. If you're just thinking of it in that way, I mean, yeah. It's, that was a it was a cool era because it was like the first the, fir- the first kind of online space where you could just hear and meet and connect with all kinds of people from from all kinds of places like 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 obviously there were you know different ways that individuals would connect but like creative people in and the clunkiness of my space was such a part of it just like kind of getting through and, and at any rate yeah man that's that's uh that's the scene for sure I mean that was my first part my like the first time in my life 
and perhaps the only time really that I truly, I mean, I was part of a crew. Like we were a crew that a lot of us only knew each other. I mean, we had people in Europe that, you know what I mean? Like yeah, we were like- that's right. We had there was a guy in Japan. There was a, there was a dude. I mean, he was a white dude, but he was living in Japan. Like we, <laughs> we, we. I was a part of like this fucking super super group, and you know, didn't even know anybody. And that was only possible because of you know the internet and all that. But I'm not here to suck the internet's dick. But you know what I'm saying. So <laughs> I do, I do. Yeah, and I, I want to give it up to Gino one more time for that. He, he goes by subtitle Giovanni and, and Gino. Gino, I guess, be the most like sort of familiar way to call. That's him. what so the friend. To, yeah, if you're if you're if you're a friend that's what you call him and i want to just say you know like what you, what you were saying is very accurate it's like this is a you know he, he had a uh, a real vision for how he would bring people together and kind of put it together based on his different tastes and what he thought was cool and a big part of that for me was the geographic diversity just you know that there would be people that he was connecting with because he was you know either touring in europe or he lived in uh, germany for a while like just he just met all kinds of different people that i wouldn't have connected with myself and uh, getting to hear what they were doing and being a part of you know compilations and just projects that he was putting together as a result was was really really cool time. Yeah, man. He's a really special guy. I'm hoping he's going to be my second guest. And I haven't even said the name of my motherfucking show. So let me just drop that real quick. You know how we do. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I have... Uh, well, you do know how we do. I have not even uh, put that out there. But, you know, usually I do like a little intro on my other podcast, Corona Toast. I usually do this kind of like long form intro, but I'm hoping to get around that. But I got a little theme song and whatnot. I feel like I would have already, you know, anyone listening would have already heard that by now. Um, you know, they, they, you know what you're listening to, man. I don't got to tell you what it is. You wouldn't be here if you didn't know what it is. Wait, can you, can you hit me one more time with that, though? Just in case I forgot. Just in case I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. You know how we do. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, needless to say, I'm feeling it. It is a very feelable drop. Oh, hell yeah. Speaking of drops, okay, so that's perfect because this, this I want to segue into our first collaboration and uh, also just the fact that you were in, and I, this is 2009 now, you were the first person I knew that ever... Uh, did their own podcast. Now it, was, now, it wasn't your own podcast, but it was for Accelerator Magazine. For those that don't know, that's XLR, the number 8R, uh, .com. Was it just online? Was Accelerator just online? Did they do print? No, they were print magazine first, and then uh, then they, yeah, they moved online later. Okay, and so they gave you... Uh, I guess your own episode is that what it was? They gave yeah. Uh, so you you have a group um, you have a group. I've been drinking, man. I'm sorry. You have a group called um, <laughs> Meanest Man Contest, and that was active, uh, very active at that time. And so they gave y'all like uh, an episode to to play some jams. I guess it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was exactly that. It was uh, part of a series they did with artists. Just you know, you could do whatever you want on it. You could kind of you know talk in between songs, and or you could just kind of you could do whatever. But we yeah we we put, we put together. A, a, an episode that was some of our uh, favorite tracks and then and, and, and interspersed uh, drops from friends uh, in, in, inside that episode. And it was, you know, it's like a mixtape, but it was a, it was a, it was, it was, it was envisioned to be, you know, not any particular genre, but just like, you know, everything that's out there that we love to listen to. And then, and then pulling in wild, you know, drops from, from folks we love. I honestly can't remember if I, if I even listened to it or not, but I'm pretty sure I must have. I'm pretty sure you did not use any of the drops that I sent you, and that's okay because so, I don't think that's I don't think that's correct. Well, let me, I, I will. Uh, I'll dig it up somewhere. Okay. Well, we, we can we can revisit, it. but it's okay because because <laughs> I went back and I dug up those drops, and man, I really um, approached it in such a way that. Um, Excuse me. I think I was excited uh, for this to be our first collab and all that. Uh, I just went a little too, a little too deep and a little too hard. And I have a couple examples um, of some things that I did, and uh, I'd like to revisit those now. So, this um, this first one I'm going to play is the first one. So, I basically, I sent you like eight minutes of material too, which oh, is probably yes. a bit yeah. uh, a bit grandiose. I, you know, looking back at this stuff, I'm just like, I don't know why I thought that this was cool. Because I remember being really stoked on uh, what I was sending you. And I, I don't I don't know that um, this stuff was any good at all. So here's the first one I did. Uh, I can hear in my voice, it, I must have like just smoked. Like I must have like literally like set the fucking bong down or whatever I was chiefing on and got right to it. Because I can hear, I can hear it in my voice. I'm like, oh yeah, that's what I sound like when like I just got baked. So uh, You can hear here. the haze. Yeah, man, you can just tell, you can just tell. And it, it just goes on and on. This And this is just one, okay? So, all right, here we go. 
Hey, what's good, y'all? It's your boy One Wavers coming to you live from the Creaky Mike Town. You know what I'm saying? Briefcase Rockers represent up in this motherfucker, man. Meanest Man Contest and your boys at Accelerator.com and your girls at Accelerator.com, too. You know what I'm saying? Podcast style shit. What's up? Yeah, what's up? I'll give a shout out to my homegirl. All right, peace. What the fuck was that, man? That's just that's just having fun, man. That doesn't that doesn't sound wild to me. It's I I don't think that's the one. I, you know what? I, I know I used something from it. I know I did. So let's hear some more. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Uh, here's another one. Um, uh, okay, so I used to do this thing where I would do like uh, I would have conversations with myself, you know, because I like it was just me in the studio, but I wanted to do like a conversation piece. So uh, here I am uh, playing two young ladies um, talking about oh, nice. uh, talking about our crew. Okay, here we go. Hey everybody, I'm Allison and I'm Shelly Jean and we both love Ready? Meanest Man Contest. <laughs> oh my god, those BK rockers are so cool. What's that guy's name, the one, um, which the one? one's got the mustache? Um, Deadmaster. No, 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 the other one. Uh, oh, it's Juan Wavos. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, Wavos. Girl, he is fine. Allison, you're such a slut. <laughs> Shut up, bitch. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow that is that's a lot that's that's something man dude i went um, in on these man you did you did i well i feel like uh you know if, for, for any of these that didn't get utilized in some way we got we got to put them to good use because there, there's some good there's some good material there i can tell well uh i'm also glad that i uh i worked in a shout out to deb master and uh we're going to be coming back to him uh shortly so for everybody, sure. everybody put a pin in deb master i've got one more drop for you this is the one, um, we talked about this on the phone. This is the one that's the most meaningful to me because here I am, I'm doing my own podcast. I got you on it. But um, apparently at the time, podcasts were relatively foreign to me, but I did a little rap. I made the beat. I'm actually I'm actually pretty keen on this, but uh, I think the first line is, uh, is definitely worth noting based on the situation we find <laughs> ourselves in now. But uh, let me bust this last one for you. Okay, here we go. I don't even know what a podcast is, but I still represent for the MMC kids. Briefcase is the illest crew that ever did anything. You ain't heard crap, wave, do it big. You can tune in and get a ear full of shit. Meanest man contest banging in your whip. Two R's, one A to X and the L's on my XGF that the head will swell. 2009 Hell Briefcase. So yeah, that was pretty all right. That was pretty all right. That's, that's saucy. I enjoy that. I enjoy that <laughs> and um, you know, uh, I actually, when I heard that, I was like, hmm. I was like, was my XGF's head indeed swell? You know, was I just saying that for the rhyme? <laughs> and then I thought about it, and uh, story checks out. Story checks out. It story was. Story checks out. It was swell. It was indeed swell. Well, that's good to know you weren't just fronting. You know how we do. One thing I want to mention, though, while we're on the topic is that you are a man, uh, I don't know if you're a man of many podcasts, but you are a man of at least one at the moment, correct? Yeah, one of my uh, one of my things I'm doing right now is a podcast, though. but I wouldn't say many podcasts either. I love podcasts. I listen to podcasts all the time, so I'm a man of many podcasts in that regard. Well, I, you're, don't be, uh, you know... Qu- uh, quality over quantity, so no That's need true. to be humble. So you are hosting the uh, Movie Maker podcast, and that is for what exactly is Movie Maker? I didn't do my research beyond that. Is that no, a magazine? Okay. Is that a site? What is Movie Maker? Yes, uh, and if you had done your uh, your research, then then I wouldn't be able to tell you. So this it's perfect. You're supposed, <laughs> you're supposed to be asking questions, not coming. You know, that's, that's one thing I had to learn. Um, yeah, Movie Maker is a print magazine that's been around for a uh, long time, um, you know, 20, 25 years, and it's uh, it's always been sort of focused on indie filmmaking, and it's especially kind of for people that are not just interested in movies, but who are interested in uh, movie making. So it could be people that are uh, in the industry or you know, increasingly have people working from outside the industry and making movies with all kinds of tools and stuff that they have access to these days. So that's the that's the sort of the vibe of the, of the magazine. Over time, it became a website, published stories daily about movie making. And then um, this podcast started about a year ago, and uh, within the last uh, four months, is, uh, I've been over, I've been uh, taken over about uh, about half the episodes and hosting them. 
How did you how did you end up doing that? I know uh, a, 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 the person who who purchased the magazine, the editor and the uh, publisher of the magazine is someone that uh, I've uh, I've been uh, I've been friends with for a long time. I went to school with, went to college with, and uh, he and I you know talk about this sort of stuff all the time. And it just kind of made sense for me to slide in and take a role uh, building up the podcast. So you got to interview Michael Shannon, which has me a little starstruck by association, but. One thing that I was uh, happy to notice from listening to some of that interview is that Michael Shannon is pretty much exactly as as fucking weird as you would as you would think he would be based on the characters that he played at least on the way he sounds like the part I listened to you know he was like ah with this fucking I don't know I just was like okay yeah Michael Shannon like uh, again story checks out like this is Michael Shannon It's funny that you mentioned that about Michael Shannon cuz he was uh he was he was calling in from uh, from Australia, and I, I don't know what kind of situation he was uh, in at, at, at the time where we talked. But there were all kinds of animals that we do not have in the U.S. in the background. Just uh, and it was yes. it was a real ch- it's a real challenge to edit. And as a result, I was just doing everything I could to pull out some of those sounds. At one point, I was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to go back to the beginning and in the intro, just basically say like. I don't know, man. He called me from somewhere in Australia that has some wild animals happening in the background, but I ended up getting it pretty clean. But um, yeah, man, he has a, you know, he's a sort of like craggy, but super cool vibe. Like he was very nice to talk to. He was, uh, you know, he was, he was funny. Like, he, you know, that, that's, that's something that in these interviews, uh, as, as you've done podcasting, I know you must know that uh, that is something you really value in a person is not the ability just to talk, but to, you know, to be kind of funny and, and, and playful with it. And, and he was coming into uh promote a movie that he had a small part in. Um, I think he's billed as one of the main cast on it, but it's sort of like a smaller movie and they, you know, he, he had a part in it and he, uh, he did, he, he went out and did some promotion for it. Really cool guy to talk to and super fun. So that was enjoyable for sure. And then, you know, the show I've got, I've got a, an episode with Errol Morris coming up uh, later this week. He's, he's one of my favorite uh, filmmakers, documentarian, just a legend, obviously. So it's been a really cool opportunity to talk to people that, uh, that I admire. I love, I love film. I was a film major for, you know, a good chunk of my, my, uh, my student career and uh you know i just i I, it's 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 fun to talk to people that are doing it you know how we do okay Uh, (laughs) sick 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 so all right all right we're about about to segue we're about to segue so uh i haven't even mentioned that you um you are a rapper i mean we talked about collaborating we talked about being in a crew and all this shit but i haven't we haven't actually said that you are a hip-hop artist and we mentioned uh deb master earlier oh yeah because i i shouted him out in that in that drop so uh you know you and i collaborated on a song with deb master but before i uh get into that i want to talk about uh one of your mini rap groups which is called not the ones and uh you guys have a bit of a vibe you guys are kind of kind of dicks uh in this group which is cool i I like that i feel like that's a little bit the vibe you know cocky arrogant um yep (laughs) but uh more on that later perhaps but um y'all did a song uh that was produced by our boy Debmaster and That's right. um the song is called uh Pink what the fuck is it called? Pink Sprinkle Donuts. Yes, it's called uh, Rap Game Donut Sprinkles. Rap Game Donut Sprinkles. And uh, I don't have a snippet of that to play but I'll probably dub something in and post. <laughs> The reason why I want to talk about this one uh, is because you guys collaborated with Riff Raff on this song, and I love Riff Raff. Um, you know, that Riff Raff, y'all collaborated with Skinny Riff Raff, you know, y'all collaborated with like yes. old school Riff Raff. Uh, little, little Debbie's in the video, who I'm absolutely obsessed with, um, which is probably a whole nother podcast, but... I love little Debbie. I love Riff Raff. I love that you guys collaborated with him. I mean, how did how did that one uh, come about? Yeah, we uh, we um, and what, what year was this? We're talking like 2012, right? That's about right. Yeah, that's about right. So uh, yeah, not the ones had uh, a record out, and then we were working on our second record, and um, I had you know seen Riff Raff online and. <laughs> I was pretty into what he was doing and so I'd I had just reached out it happened to be you know relatively early on in his kind of uh viral ascent and uh we 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 just were uh going back and forth a little bit I can climb a tree I can sneeze and cause the thunderstorm to 
anyways, you know, we were just going back and forth and we, uh, we not the ones who were working with a company called Seedless at that time. It's a clothing company and uh, sort of uh, snowboard and, and, and skateboard focused. Um, and, and they were they were uh, helping us put together stuff for the album and they were uh, uh, sort of executing produ- executive producing on parts of it. And they and they made that happen. They made they made uh, you know, the, the, the Riff Raff collaboration and then a, and then a, a video happened too, which were, yeah, definitely a surreal moment of my life was doing that video. And even you're talking about how he was he was skinny Riff Raff at the time. Basically the entire time we were making that song, right, making the uh, the video, sorry, he was doing push-ups in the street. So he was maybe working on his wholeness at that point. Yeah, okay, because he, he did, I remember him working out some in the video. So one thing about the video, though, is like you guys are together, but you're not really together. Do you know what I mean? I didn't feel like you guys were like super close. I felt like him and Lil Debbie were like kind of a thing and you and your boy were kind of a thing. But it didn't (laughs) feel like you guys were like really bonding in that moment. You're like, yes, you're all leaning against the same wall, but I'm still sensing a a little bit of a divide. Like, what was it like when you guys were actually hanging in person? Were you guys like, you know, is everybody getting along great? Or maybe am I, you know, am I, am I uh, overthinking this? Like, what was the vibe? Oh, no, I I don't think you're (laughs) overthinking it. I don't think you're overthinking it. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it was, it was, uh. A, you know, a pretty quick, uh, a pretty quick video. And uh, no, I wouldn't say we, we were, uh, we were super homies out of it, but yeah, super, you know, totally nice experience. <laughs> could you call, could you call him right now and be like, Riff, what's up? It's Eric. I, I could do that. I don't know it's if you uh, it's I don't know if pick it up. Well, he would, uh, I'm certain remember, but uh, I, I, we, we don't, uh, no, we don't, we don't keep in touch. Another person that you collaborated with on uh, that record, I got to play a show with and hang out with, and that was um, Cool Keith. Yeah. Um, and yeah. he was, uh, My idol. yeah, I mean, dude, he's, and dude, really when it comes to, uh, a character like Riff Raff, I mean, he definitely owes Cool Keith five bucks, whether he knows it or not. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Cool Keith, it's like, it's almost a cliche at this point to talk about how innovative, you know, cause he, he's just, but he's so wild sounding and it's, but everything sounds wild now, but like, you know, back in the day with ultramagnetic, like that's when I really was getting into hip hop and you know, she's just one of those guys that get on the mic and say some shit. And you're like, okay, this is different. Dude was definitely inspirational to so many people. Like you say, whether they know it or not, I think, I think it's so easy to hear him now and, and almost just take it for like comedy, you know, it's oh, he's like crazy, cool Keith, whatever. But like he is innovative and wild and completely creative. And like you say, like inspired so many people, whether they know it or not. You know how we do. So uh, on this podcast, there are, you know, what's going to really make it mine is the fact that I have, let's say, 12 fucking things that uh, I'm into, that like I'm really into, that are things that I want to talk to, um, that I want to talk about with guests. And one of those things is Beverly Hills 90210. And... (laughs) I pointed. I pointed to my bro next to me on the clap, clap there. Oh my god, dude, <laughs> dude. Do you do you notice like I've got a bunch of different little drops on here? There's so much like bass in this shit. Like this shit sounds thick, man. Like just like survey this again, bro. This shit is thick, bro. <laughs> there you go, man. It's hard. That we always knew that shit is thick, man. But uh, I'm a huge 90210 fan and. So basically, bro, you you know you were handpicked. I don't know if it sounds like this to people listening, but like you were handpicked to be the first guest out of multiple contestants because I was like, we got some shit in common that uh, line up. The Venn diagram lines up with the shit that I want to be talking about on a regular basis on this show. And uh, you know, like it or fucking hate it, fucking nine hundred two and knows my shit. So. I saw on Instagram that your lovely wife gave you a 90210 book for maybe your birthday. It was for my birthday. You're right. And uh, so, so let me tell you the story with that because it's um it's written by these two women who are super super hilarious, and they do a podcast that I've been listening to with my wife uh, religiously for many years now, and it's called Again with This. And they uh, they started it off as a Beverly Hills 90210. You know, episode recap podcast, and you know, obviously, many years after the show had ended, they were going back and reflecting on, it. and they're just hilarious. Like a lot of people do this style of podcasting, where they will take something, uh, especially maybe something sort of silly or arcane or whatever it is, and just like you know, fixate on it. Um, but you know, the way that they do it is 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 just hilarious. And so 
everything they have to say about it is so insightful. And and and, uh, and anyway, we, we we've been listening to that for a long time. Their names are Sarah D. Bunting and, and uh, Tara Ariano. They, they both do a lot of podcasting. And um, again, with this is their show. But they after after years and years of doing those uh, those episodes, they they put together a a book which is extraordinary. It just came out recently. It's uh, it's it's highly recommended. Well, clearly this is something that we could talk about for a really long time, but I want to just uh, for now, and dude, shit, maybe you'll, you'll come back on and we'll talk more um, about the show. But uh, what I want to focus on today is you said when we were talking um, earlier, when I, when I called you last week, you said, I remember watching like the last episode, like you, you had made it a point to, to mention watching the last episode. And I also uh, remember that moment well. And I feel, and just so everybody's clear, we are talking about Gen 1. Uh, we are not yes, talking about not, not, not 2.0, uh, not, 2. not the reboot. Right. Yeah. So we're talking about Gen 1. And um, so when I, the last episode for me, I was still in high school. So it occurs to me that like, bro, you were watching this shit. You were like a college boy, maybe. I don't know if you went to college yes, right after high school, but like you were I in did. college, maybe nearing the end of your college career and you were still down for some 902 and no yes oh i'm not kidding man like this you know it was appointment tv to me from the time that it was on it came out you know probably 90 91 uh and so and, and i think it went off the air in 2000 so and uh you know it was on for a long time and it was a big part of my life <laughs> i don't know man it's like not not ironically or anything i think it was the middle of 2000 was the last episode. okay so i would have been i would have been out of high school jesus well if that's the case bro i was way out of high school and you were you were a grown ass man. <laughs> yes, I was. Uh, yes, it's true. I was. I was. Uh, I was into my early twenties by then. But yeah, man. And I, I remember watching it when I was a little kid. But it's it's you know ten years earlier. No, I, I must have came on on the second season. Like the one of my earlier memories of it is when. Um, you know, he uh, he went to the rave with uh, Chris, Christina Lee, Christina Lee, Christina Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they had to take the maybe they had to get the, the euphoria egg. egg. Yep, yep. yep. And then um, you know, he was like sitting on the hood of her car, and he was like on ecstasy and shit. Um, she was the bad girl and all that. Yep, Emily Valentine. I don't think we're done yet. Oh. <laughs> Emily's in a very good mood. Brandon, are you on something, man? What? Yeah, the hood of my car, same as you. <laughs> That little scar on your eyebrows. <laughs> so cute. I don't believe this. Oh, hey, Bren, relax. I feel great. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So I started I started watching it uh, just because everybody did, you know, in middle school. And then I, I was into it heavy just on my own, kind of got out of it. And then in high school, it kind of like came back like almost as a joke. And we kind of had this like drinking club where we'd get up like every Wednesday or Thursday night. You know, we'd get 40s and shit. And um and we'd watch 902 and 0 and it was an excuse to hang but like I was probably taking it more seriously than everybody else you know other people yeah. were probably mingling and shit but I was like really paying attention and uh, I feel like I had a party like at the crib like a small one for the the uh, the final episode. Oh, we totally did. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm telling you, man, we we're on the same page with that. I, I appreciated it. I think I said when we were talking the other day, both ironically and unironically. I mean, yeah. I don't even believe, and of course, this is now a thing that I think people have. Uh, kind of negated the idea of increasingly over the years, but there is no such thing as guilty pleasures. Like there's things that you find silly and you still like them, but you really do still like them. I, you, know, you don't, you don't commit to watching something for like, you know, eight years or whatever it is, because uh, you just think it's, you know, sit there and make fun of it. I mean, it's, 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 it's part of the enjoyment of it, but it is a, uh, a perfectly crafted, uh, you know, kind of silly nighttime soap opera. And I love it. In the final episode, uh, Vanilla David and Donna, they <laughs> they fuck, right? With like 50 billion candles lit? Oh, man. Is that, is that in the last episode? I don't I know, know. I, I can't know remember if they I fucked like it... shortly before the last uh, episode or if that I, I was think the it was, last it was, episode. It was, it was before then. It was not the last It was last in the episode. final season, though, for sure. It was, that, it that, was... that sounds right. Definitely towards the end of the show's run. They they uh, they, they held that one out for a long time. But uh, I don't think <laughs> that'd be a great, a great final scene of a final episode. Just like, okay, here it happens. Here it goes. Uh, off top, off top, who was your favorite lady on, on Not a I, No problem. I, uh, I, I, I always liked Claire. Who was uh, not one of the Yo. you know super main, but I always liked her a lot. She I had, liked she Claire had... a lot too. Um, yeah. You know, she was she had like a brief uh, pop up in the scary movie um, scene, like some nine hundred two and zero cast offs ended up in there. You know, because they were kind of. I felt like nine hundred two and zero, you would kind of graduate into like the scream uh, genre. You know, sure. you had like the party of five chicks, like Jennifer Love Hewitt and and Nev Campbell uh, going that route. 
um, like the real scary movies, and but then you'd you'd fuck around with the parodies. I definitely liked Claire a lot. You know who I was really into? I can't remember what her name was, but uh, I want to say her name was Emma. She was really pretty, and she was shacked up with um, with uh, Jason Priestley. Oh, okay. She, yeah. she was only on for like a season, but I want to say her name was Emma. And the I wrote a piece of 90210 fan fiction. And uh, basically, I loved that show so much that I fantasized. I really wanted to be on the show. I wanted to like, be <laughs> on the show and like kick it. Like I wanted those people to be my friends. And I wrote uh, a piece of fan fiction, which was basically an episode of 90210. But like I was, I was on it. And, oh, that's, um, that's yeah, a good. Brand- it's a good combination of interests: fan fiction, not to know, like hip hop. Brandon was uh, was dating um, was dating her uh, Emma at the time, so I have a, a conversation. I think I have a conversation with Brandon where Brandon, you know, Brandon's eyebrows were very uh, expressive. And- oh yes. I feel that's, like that's it, an understatement, my friend. <laughs> so I wrote, I wrote a bit where I believe I'm talking to Brandon and he's saying one thing, but then I also have his eyebrows saying what he really means. So <laughs> that's so. Uh, that's that's deep, dude. That is, I, you know. And I just looked up Emma on my phone because I was dying. I'm like, who? I don't remember this at all. He's got to have the name wrong. You have the right name. I just for whatever he was pic- picturing earlier era, like this. No, this is eight. late. This is late. Yeah. So they worked together at the uh, the Beverly Beat, and I totally remember her now. She had red hair, and she had that little yeah. And like, there was like, some like, drama. She might have had an ex boyfriend or ex husband, or she was married. You know, there was something that some reason why her and Brandon. You know, Brandon. All the women that Brandon check up with for some reason in the end they they can never be together. You know, there's always something keeping Brandon from being happy. Or, or um, yeah, or maybe those uh, women all got spent a, spent a little time with Brandon and decided he was uh, he was not not the one to hang out with. Well, I know that, that, that's sort that's sort of a consistent vibe, by the way, of this podcast that I was talking about again with this. Like they're just constantly clowning on Brandon the character, and in in a way that is not just um, kind of petty and silly. They're 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 so damn funny. So I gotta recommend that you listen to that show. Okay, yeah, I need to listen to it because I think. I think I really liked Brandon, but I lo- I'd love to hear some reasons maybe as to why I shouldn't. Mm. I think the idea is that he's super smug and just like the whole show is centered around, you know, for, for many of the seasons at least, like sort of his, like him being the center of the universe. That, that's definitely the take of these, of these two women that I'm talking about. I listen to an SVU podcast and they clown Stabler all the time and I fucking love mm-hmm. Stabler. So, you know, <laughs> it's like, I'm like, I mean, okay. We clown, we clown those we love, right? Like, you know, you, you wouldn't have as much material to clown someone with unless you had some you know, interesting connection with the character. Okay, well, I'm going to have to gloss over this next bit, but just to give a shout-out, uh, another thing that I'm into is running. Uh, I don't know that I have, have really got to the to the levels that you have, but um, I really want to do uh, a Rappers Who Run uh, segment or podcast, um, probably just a segment on, uh, on Lurk Mode. Lurk Mode. You know how we do. And, um, you do. You do know how we do. Yeah, man, and you do that, you do that segment, bring me back. I'd love to talk about okay, that. Okay, word up, word up. Because you are a runner, correct? I am a runner. I'm a certified uh, – I, I have run a marathon and I've run – more than two dozen half marathons. I okay, think, I bro. Think You're I, legit. I'm nowhere near your level, but maybe I could get some inspo from you. One thing that I want to talk about on this podcast a lot, and we've already touched on it, but I just love rap. I love hip hop. It, It's just my favorite thing. It's really, It really affected my life greatly. Um, I would be somebody completely different uh, had I not discovered rap music and... Yeah, you know whether it's made me a better or worse person, I don't know, but it's made me who I am. Uh, it's one of my favorite things in the world, and you know I'm not one of those dudes who's just like sucking the fucking dong of like every rap album that came out in like 1994. You know what I mean? But like, <laughs> oh, I, I do know what you mean. <laughs> but I do the 90s. Obviously, 90s rap is is very important to me, and I know it's important to you. And I think you're somebody who can probably uh, talk the talk and walk the walk when it comes to to knowing some facts. I do um, know some facts. I think I can hold my own on, on, on this okay. subject. I do, I do think so. All right. Well, I have put together a very special rap quiz uh, for you. And um, are you ready to fuck with that? Yes, I am. I'm, I'm excited about this. Uh, when you give a correct answer, we're going to hear. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> when you give a wrong answer, we're going to hear. 
Okay. Okay. It's like and, uh, family feud. All this right. shit is fucking pro, dog. I ain't fucking around with this podcast shit. I hear you. Um, and I'm going to try to keep track of the points. Uh, I'm a little too lit at this point to really fucking give too much of a fuck about points, but I think we're going to know overall uh, how well you did based on uh, your performance in general. Okay. Right on. Are you ready, big homie? Yes, sir. Okay. Question number one. An often rarely mentioned pioneer in the world of DJing and scratching. What is the name of third bass's DJ? Well, he had two names, Daddy Rich and Richie Rich. <sighs> Dude, this is already going swimmingly. Um, correct. And thank you for dropping both names because my homeboy was like, he was like, it's Daddy Rich, right? And I'm like, well, I mean, it's Richie Rich too, but yes, mm-hmm. Daddy, we accept Daddy Rich. So the fact that you knew both of them uh, is huge. Um, for <laughs> a bonus point, what country is he from? Oh, shit. Um, what country? I would say, I would have said the US, but I guess not. He's from Jamaica. Jamaica. Well, that's good news. I mean, that's good. That's good info for me to have. And the next time I get asked that question, I will definitely know. You'll definitely get it right. Did you know that he produced the uh, I'm Curious song by Curious? I did know that. I do know that. Okay, yeah, that song's awesome. All right. Question number two. In the group home song, Living Proof, Lil Dap says, We got blank number of grams on the scale right now. Getting ready with my brother's time to break this shit down. For one point, how many grams are on the scale? Uh, let's see. Uh, damn, I'm busted on this one. Three. The answer is 36. 36. We got 36 grams on the scale right now. Oh, yes, now And you know what? That always bothered me because 36 was such an arbitrary number. I was like, what is 36? Like 36 grams in drug math doesn't really add up to anything in particular. I feel like it was just a cool number because of the Wu-Tang. Well, so here's here's what I think. I, uh, I I did my own just mental research on this. There are 36, roughly, roughly, 36 ounces in a kilogram. And I think okay. maybe Lil Dap just had the number 36 in his head, and he said, we got 36 grams. But then when I discussed it at length with another friend of mine, he was like, I don't know, man. Maybe he's just, that's just all he's got. You know, he's just got, that's what he happens to have. And I'm like, all right, man, fine, whatever. He just, but, he's just telling you what he has. There's no, there's no, there's no math behind it. Uh, but the answer uh, there would be 36. 36. Man, okay. I'm disappointing myself. That's all right, man. You know, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're one for two. So 50%. All right. Okay. I'm going to redeem myself. <laughs> Question number three. So on Twitter recently, uh, there's a, uh, a podcast, a hip hop podcast. I think it's called Crate 808. Mm-hmm. And you might've even been up in this, this, uh, Twitter feed. In fact, I think, or this Twitter, uh, fucking, what do you call it? Thread. Um, but they recently asked what was a good three album run? They were like, name some rappers who had like a great three album run. And uh, one of my favorite rap groups of all time, who I think have an amazing three album run, are Eight Ball and MJG. Yeah, they are from uh, Memphis, Tennessee. Are you familiar with them? I am definitely. I, you know, it's funny that you mention that, and I'll tell you why in a second. Okay. Well, the question is: for one point, name their OG record label that released those three albums. Is it Swab House? Yes. Swab House. Very nice, very nice. Well, let me just quickly say, the reason that that's interesting that you mentioned them specifically, and maybe you dropped this in that thread, and that's why I'm thinking this, but I just remember thinking, there were people that I remember around that time telling me, these albums are classic, and you're not listening to them because they're not the style of music that you're into, but like they are classic. And so I remember people riding very hard for those two dudes back at that era, but I just like, I haven't gotten familiar enough myself with them. Well, the reason why, you know, speaking of like the whole sort of guilty pleasure thing, the reason why I got into 8-Ball and MJG is because they used to have these ads in the source that were fucking hilarious this is like in like the pen and pixel area um, pen and pixel era and they had i used to cut out pictures from the source and put them on my wall you know and they had a song called break them off and they had an ad where there was a guy and there was another dude standing behind him and the guy standing behind the guy was holding the guy in front of him's forearm and was basically just bending it (laughs) forward and snapping his forearm out completely out yeah it said break them off and my friends and i used to laugh about it and then the cover for uh, On Top of the World, which was the, the third album in this particular three-album run, 
you know, it, it's, you know, eight ball, he's so fat and MJG's so skinny and they've got the red Lexus and it's just so funny looking. And I kind of got it as a joke. And then we listened to it and we were like, yo, this shit is dope. Like E-40's on it saying some of the craziest shit ever. He's got that line where he's like, uh, you own the green Three different lunch pails. I had a go-kart that I built from a bunch of used nails. You know, I was like, this shit is amazing. They had like vocoder shit. Like they were killing it. Um, that's yeah. the one that's got fucking space age pimping on it, you know? So right. I was like, yep. this I'm shit familiar. is fucking amazing. So I, you know, I went back and, you know, now I'm like, you know, a huge fan of UGK. I mean, they're Texas, but like similar sound, fucking three, six right. mafia, all that shit. So like Southern hip hop actually is now like my favorite shit where at the time I was still, you know, quote unquote, like on some boom bap shit or whatever, you know, yep. backpack shit. Um, but I fucking love 8-Ball and MJG. So that's very cool that you knew uh, the name of their label. Moving on. This should be an easy one for you. Over the years, and it's open to interpretation too. There's many correct answers. Over the okay. years, many different people have been referred to as the fourth Beastie Boy. For one point, name one. Well, I can name so many. But Just I'm name gonna, one. I'm, Just I'm name gonna go one. With, I'm going to go with the Hurra with okay. DJ Hurricane. Perfect. Perfect. We like that. We like that. Hurricane! That's kind of what I was hoping you would say, but there are there are many correct answers to that. Uh, we're just going to keep it moving. All right, this one's kind of tough, um, or it could be at least. This is an unforgettable line to me. I feel like it's one of those lines where, like, if you've heard it once, um, you'll never forget it. And according to my uh, other friend who I gave this quiz to, uh, preliminary to you, he actually said that, like, this line has been, uh, or a version of this line has been used on more than one song. So I think it was actually <laughs> a bit of a staple for this artist. But in the Lord Finesse song, Bad Mother, Finesse says, If you split, I'm going to get you later. Rhymes more fresher than a blank in a refrigerator. Damn, I fucking know this song too, man. Uh, can I get one sec? Let's see. It's not a tomato. <laughs> <laughs> don't think. Don't uh, overthink the rhyme. Don't overthink the rhyme aspect of it. It doesn't rhyme with refrigerator, but it's something that's very fresh indeed. Oh, you know what? I do know it. Okay, is it? Is it? Is it virgin in a refrigerator? Like. <laughs> Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> I gotta get the applause. <laughs> yeah, you get some applause for that. It's indeed uh, rhymes more fresher than a virgin in a refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. He is. Uh, uh, he is ill. I I gotta say, I I love that one, man. I always thought I heard the my. I remember. I don't know if the first time I heard it, I had even heard it. My friend just quoted it to me, and I just never forgot it. I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> I had to. I had to. I had to think about. It, but yes, that is uh, so fresh, bro. That is so. <laughs> That's that beautiful, so Lord Finesse. If you split, I'ma get you later. Rhymes more fresher than a virgin in a refrigerator. Question number six. Excluding all four members of Souls of Mischief, name three members of the Hieroglyphics crew. All right. Uh, Domino, Dell, Extra Prolific was at one point. Let's see. Uh, 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 You've already named three, my friend. Oh, Way to okay, go. Okay, there we go. Way there to go. go. I love I love that extra prolific album. It's pretty yeah. there's only two songs that are really good. But do you remember yeah, that? Brown uh, Sugar we have is, we uh, ha Brown Sugar's the shit. My homeboy used to play it every day on the way to school. But um I'll, we have church today. Lift your hands to the men. I mean, I don't know if he's like really like all about Jesus in that song, but like just right. his voice is so chill, you know. And you remember um like I don't think it's the same Domino, but the other Domino, like Ghetto Jam Domino, the Long Beach Domino, yeah, yeah, man, that guy had a, a similar vibe, and yeah, he had that, he had that kind of pimp flow, the singing, singing yeah. song, right? That was a, he's early on that for sure. That's yeah, Extra Prolific cool. is uh, that's an underrated Hyro album for sure. Definitely, definitely. All right, man, doing good. Uh, you know, I, I you got some points. <laughs> I don't even really. I'm not really. I'm right. I wrote down. I'm writing down one point zero point, but I don't really know how I'm gonna uh, bring it all together at the end. But um, all right. Question number seven in the song "Ill Street Blues" by Cool G Rap. What is the line that follows? Up, 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 and away, cause I don't play clown. Yeah, <laughs> I can't can't pull it. You're gonna know it as soon as I say it. You're gonna kick yourself. Uh, in this case, it rhymes. It's it's very specific. It's up, 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 and away, cause I don't play clown. <laughs> oh, it's uh, with the way you just said it, it's. it's well, I know it's uh, it's uh, buck, 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 but I can't think of the next part. <laughs> yes, it is. Here, we're gonna give you a half a point for that. It is up, 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 and away, cause I don't play clown. Buck, buck, buck. Take that with you on the way down. On the way down. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Such Damn, a beautiful yeah. image to me, cause he's like, we grabbed him by his hands and feet and threw him out the window. Up, up, up. 
the image of him throwing a guy out the window and then leaning out the window and shooting at him as he falls. I'm just like, that's hard as fuck. I love it. I fucking love it. G-Rab do not play. That is the fact. He he is the best at the um what we'll call like actual gangster rap. And when I say gangster rap, I don't mean like just like thug rap. I mean like like mafia style gangster shit, like um, Ill Street Blues, Brother on the Run, like that type of storytelling. I think Cool G Rap is probably the oh, best for sure. And first time I have heard that version of it for sure. I mean, everyone is inspired by him, of course, too. But like that was that was so new at that point, you know? Because like you were saying, like gangster rap was a thing, but it was very West Coast flavor and then Southern flavor. But that version of the man, so ill. Like that is l- like literal gangster rap yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? all right um question number eight and you better get this shit boy uh mm-hmm. for one point name three rap rock combos from the judgment night soundtrack oh yeah could do uh the, the one that i actually like there's a couple that i actually like in retrospect but i do like the house of pain helmet one yes that one's good and uh i thought it was kind of too loose at the time but the uh the dinosaur jr and dell one i really like that one a lot how it's just sort of like a like they just did a whole instrumental song and then he just raps over it. Yeah, there's barely like, a hook. I mean, he kind yeah, of no, does no like a hook like thing. It. Yeah, it's just him rapping over yeah. them fucking noodling, but it sounds great. And then, uh, man, uh, 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 one that I had high hopes for, I don't know why, because even now when I say it, it's, it does not sound like it would be good. But two things that I very much like the time were Sonic Youth and Cypress Hill, and that is not a good song, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, it's okay. I'll tell you this. It's a lot better than the Cypress Hill Pearl Jam song that closed yeah, out the album. Yeah, they were the only only rappers that got two two shots at it. Those were both not my favorite, honestly. Yeah, word up, word up. Okay, man, you're doing pretty good. You're kind of like, uh, I'm going to give you like a 75% so far. Are you ready for the audio round? Yes. Okay, here we go. So the deal with this is, I'm going to play a song for you. What we're looking for is the sample. So for one point, you're going to give me the name of uh, the band that's sampled and for an additional point you're going to give me the name of the song okay so the band that is sampled so like, i'm about to play uh i'm about to play, play a, uh, an mc light song for you that I, okay. I love very much and um there's a very obvious sample here there's a couple samples in the song throughout but what you're going to hear is a very obvious sample uh that makes the foundation of the beat so what we're looking for is the the uh artist and song title of the sample that you will hear here before you start i'm, I'm gonna say i actually i bet i know which song this is right? of course but because I'm... it's it's really it's the mc light song it's there all right. there are songs but you know in since it's we're in the 90s here um so here, what, what song do you think it is? Okay, well, if I'm wrong, I'm going to sound dumb. But I'm, I'm thinking it's Georgie Porgy by Toto. <laughs> you motherfucker. Well, let's go ahead. Let's, <laughs> let's go ahead and uh, just listen to the sample anyway, because I fucking love this song. <laughs> Girls just be good to me. But if I ever saw one, that would be the end. He couldn't kick the storyline if she was just a friend. The girls I didn't care if I had to Dude, that song, first of all, the MC Light version or the MC Light song is incredible. Um, but yeah, also, it's so hard. It's so, that, that way they bring that in that slide guitar loop is so dope. Like, dude, it's so good, dude. So, you know, I didn't know shit about Toto, I just associated them with that, uh, you know, the Africa song. And I hunted that song down, and it is amazing, bro. The fucking yeah. guitar uh, harmonies that they do, it's like, you know, that like back uh, hair on the back of your neck uh, standing up uh, type shit for me, you know? It just really fucking gets my goat, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Toto is dope. I mean, dude, those guys were involved. Like, I think Jeff Percaro wrote uh, Human Nature for Michael Jackson. They were, they were, they were all over that, yeah. that era. Okay, and that's some of that blue-eyed soul shit too, because like yeah. you know, that's one of those songs. Like, um, who's the guy? You know, the Miami guy uh, that everybody thinks is black but isn't. The guy who's who everyone thinks Bill Withers did the song. Uh, what you won't do, Bobby Caldwell. Bobby oh, Caldwell. Yeah. It's like on some shit like that. I was like, I remember finding out that I was like, it was Toto, and watching the video, and I'm like, this is just a bunch of fucking white dudes, and this yeah. is like the funkiest. Like this song is so fucking good. They did have they did have a a, a black woman singing the the hook though. They had that's I want right. to say it was that's Cheryl right. Lynn, I believe. Oh, was it Cheryl? Yeah, I could a, be incorrect. She's I could legit. be incorrect. Um, but anyways, very good. You knew the answer before you even um, 
heard the song, so maybe you get another bonus point, um, you know, just for that. <laughs> um, all right, this is the last question before the bonus round. Um, while many people might use the term sidekick, I prefer the term weed carrier. There you go. Um, excluding Flavor Flav and anybody who identifies as a DJ, name two fem- <laughs> I knew I was going to fuck this up. Name two famous weed carriers from the 90s era. Hmm. Hmm. Well, so many of them ended up getting their own record deals. So that's so that's. I want to make sure we're 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 talking about dudes who were just sort of in a group but didn't do that much, or like. Or well, like, I could give you an example, but it will just yeah. eliminate one of your one of your options. Here's a more yeah. obscure obscure example. Remember in a uh, Black Moon, there was a guy five foot accelerator. Yes. I'm looking for guys <laughs> like that. I'm looking for guys like that. Okay. Okay. Now there's some mainstream ones who did have their own albums. I mean, we are accepting. We are accepting all correct answers. It doesn't mean they didn't have a record, but they're still fucking weed carriers. Okay, okay. Man, I'm trying the, the people that I think of, they ended up having their own shit, so I'm trying not to disrespect anyone. Uh, man, I mean, because like, to me, you know, Lil C's is a good example, but okay, like he also great. had his own, he had his own. No, we'll count, Lil C's is a, is a biggie weed carrier, bro. That, that's, okay. we, we're, we can all agree on that. Okay. So that's one. Give me one more. Uh, there was so many dudes in Nelly's click. Uh, I'll say uh, Murphy Lee. Who, who oh, also... yes. So <laughs> perfect. My homeboy, he gave me exactly who I wanted, at least at first. He gave me uh, Freaky Ta from uh, from Lost yeah. Boys. <laughs> and um, we ended up coming back to, um, to, to me, the ultimate guy is uh, Vinny from Naughty by Nature. Yeah, yeah. um, I've thought about his role in the group for uh, many times, actually, because you know his verses are always good, and you you enjoy the fact that there's another rapper. Like he, you know, Tretch is pretty intense, and and, yeah, but like, yeah, like like what? How did he end up in that group? I mean, he's only on like a few songs, but he's he's Mm -hmm. always been a part of the 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 crew. And I love Naughty by Nature for some strange reason. I can't get my homeboy um, to to love them, but I love them. And I really love the song Uptown Anthem. And, and Vinny yeah, does shine on that. That's a great example. Because he's got that shit where he's like, You're chilling with a titty feeling villain. Step into the puny putty punk's kitchen feelings. That shit is so nasty. Yes, I, I fully agree. I, I think that's that's what I was thinking of when I was thinking of like, you know, he he, uh, he, he came correct on that, broke up the monotony of the song quite a lot. He's dope. And um, two other good examples would be uh, Split Star and Rampage, The Last Boy Scout. Rampage is a good example. I, you know, I, I and he had his own album, tracks. dude. He was he wild did. for he, the night. Yeah, he was wild for the night. I, I like that track. I like. Uh, I liked him as a rapper decently, but yes, he was. He was definitely a, a lead carrier. Okay, um, dude, we're getting ready to wrap this up with a bonus round, and then I have one more question for you, and then I'm gonna let you get back to your life. Uh, the bonus round is gonna be a little tricky. Um, I don't expect you to do well, but I expect you to try. Um, <laughs> That's like my life. From- <laughs> <laughs> from name brands to commercial jingles to television characters to fairy tales. Do you know who I'm talking about already? <laughs> no, I don't. Nobody has more pop culture references in their music than DOS effects. Okay. We're going to put okay. 30 seconds on the clock. We're going to focus particularly on the song, They Want Effects. Right. right. <laughs> 30 I do seconds. Know that song. How many pop culture references uh, from DOS Effects can you give me? And, and by pop culture, I mean anything, a reference to anything, whether it's an actor, whether it's a commercial jingle, whether yeah. it's a character on a television show. Dude, uh, I seriously can do that. I, I, this one, I do know this song verbatim. I used to, I used to listen to this one a lot. So I okay. Know I All right, man. We're going to yeah. put 30 seconds on the clock. Are you ready? Here yes. we go. Yes. All right, uh, I know he's uh, skipped the Oval Ovaltine, this one. Uh, the Flintstones, he says, yeah, I'm sure he says, yeah, but that'll do. There's, uh, damn, the uh, Battles, You Sunk My Battleship. I know that was one, You Sunk My Battleship. Um, uh, he says, uh, yeah, my Nestle Cup of Cocoa, my Nestle Cup of Cocoa. Uh, so you tell me if this one, he says, I know I, I went from Gucci to Stussy to Flickety Flamers. All right, bro. You got five. I will say, I think the battleship line is from a different song. Oh, you know what? It's Connect Four. Yeah, because you said pretty sneaky, sis. Pretty sneaky, sis. Oh yeah, I got my socks off, my rocks off, my Nestle's got for cocoa. But he does say something about a battleship. I think probably on like my my check out. Yeah, I'm sure he says you saw my battleship. That's classic. That was good, man. So my homeboy, who I gave this to, I keep referring to him. Shout out to Lachlan, aka Lockjaw. 
Um, he got eight right out of ten, eight? which is which Damn. is better. Well, no, no, he got eight out of ten as far as the questions, oh, but okay, he okay. he he couldn't name any in the bonus round. Uh, so you actually okay. did really well uh, in the bonus round. This is just for just to add it. I, the other one I think of when I wish I, I would thought of it first. He said Roscoe P. Coltrane. So that would have been one. Well, you know the Dukes of Hazard is very big down here, my friend. That's right. That's why I should have said it. That's, I, I wish I came up with it first. All the North Carolina homies would have been giving it up for you right now. <laughs> Hopefully, they'll uh, I've redeemed myself by just thinking of it, even if it's after the fact. Okay, man. Well, check it out. Uh, my uh, SD card is apparently running out of space, and this is the perfect time to um, wrap this up. You know, you say in our conversations, you always act like you're not relevant, but you are still uh, consistently making really good uh, music. And you have an amazing song called uh, Broke Down Adhesives. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, featuring uh, Open Mike Eagle, who's an awesome rapper. Um, this is with your group. You pronounce it Dos Filas, even though you spell it yep. kind of Feelies. Uh, Dos Filas, like uh, Los Filas. And um, exactly. This song is so good and it's so slept on i mean you know the version of it on youtube has like you know like five plays um (laughs) you know it seems it doesn't have like 50 billion little icons of the people supporting it on Bandcamp, and i think it's one of the best songs i've heard all year and the year is almost (laughs) over man i mean it's it's so fucking good you gotta i mean and it's the ultimate you know you talk about collaborating a lot it's got the ultimate you guys got a different producer i'm assuming that yours are you singing the hook or are you doing the verse I'm doing the verse. You're doing the verse. Okay, dude, that shit about um, the Russian bots and it wasn't them, but it wasn't not. I mean, I've been thinking about that since I heard it like days ago. I mean, just an absolute beautiful, amazing song. And um, that just that came out not too long ago. That's pretty recent. Yeah, it's from uh, earlier this year. To me, it's super fucking relevant. So, bro, uh, you know, whether you want to be or not, uh, you're the shit. And... You know, uh, I can't believe more people maybe don't know it from that song. But uh, you're the man, dude. You've been consistently making uh, material. You are a big collaborator. That kind of is your thing. You have a lot of different projects with a lot of different people. I know you do stuff by yourself as well. I know you just dropped a piece of short fiction uh, somewhere. I know that you do a lot of things. And I'm just glad to know you, man. I'm glad to talk to you. And I, I appreciate your uh, your time today, my man. I'm back at you 100%. Everything you say goes back to you for sure. You know how we do. Nice. Focus on this frequency Broken code sequence me Automatic that 
the same schematics, but it's big to me. Yeah, I got you, speak to me. 10-4, rolling hammer, started trucking recently. Trying to juke police machines, start the thing. Play your darkest scene, play my heart insane. Marsha can't sing the darndest things, like I'm Marceline. Harsh, take the hardest swing. Blades are sharpening, darkest things. Since an known fiend, sniff the carpet clean. Uh. Under rivers, walk back the last few words. Uh. Which version you heard? Hey.